This is episode 368 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are, A Venezuela Prepper Looks Back, Things I Would Have Done Differently If I Knew What Was Coming, and Three Medicinal Herbs You Can Grow Indoors. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, you can click on the show notes or come to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, welcome to another week of podcast episodes. I'm so glad that you are joining me on this Monday podcast. We have a good lineup for you today, uh, starting out with The Organic Prepper and more articles by uh, Jose, the Venezuela Prepper. And so let's go ahead and jump right in. Again, the title is A Venezuelan Prepper Looks Back, Things I Would Have Done Differently If I Knew What Was Coming. Having overcome a few personal incidents that rocked the boat these last few weeks, I want to write now about one of the most important experiences regarding the psychological aspect of prepping. Looking back as a Venezuelan prepper, there are things I would have done differently if I had fully known what was coming our way. Enduring what we have gone through, even after having a proper approach to prepping, sort of conventional in a sense, gensets, water tanks, storage capacity, dry supplies for a few months, and other stuff, all of these are into the field of the conventional and regular prepping. Off-road vehicles, perhaps, or at least a vehicle in good enough shape to take a beating up to the retreat, radios, some food production in particular, merchandisable skills. I lack a little bit in the field of manual arts, like pottery or painting, but maybe it's just me. I can change a tire in record time, which is an art by itself, especially in a Venezuela where the roads are plagued with thugs. This is stuff that any person concerned about self-reliance should have covered. But next, we have to try to imagine what could be on the horizon that we have never considered. I'm not talking about prepping for every conceivable threat. That is just not possible nor practical. What I want is that you imagine what your action course would be just in case your worst scenario one so bad you could not even imagine, takes place. For those who have not read my former articles, I used to have a regular life, pretty good according to our standards in Venezuela, a good and well-paying job, medical care insurance, school at 10 minutes on foot for the kiddos, a sushi restaurant next to a pizza delivery at 5 minutes on foot, and so on. What else could you ask for? It was all great until the apocalypse started. How to identify this threshold is not easy for me nowadays. The more I researched, the more I realized this was a planned action and conceptualized a long time ago. My generation did not have a chance to prevent it. The plan was already rolling and we were teenagers unable to hold a gun. The consequences would be foreseeable for sure for those who have lived through it already and have access to some information. Some people meeting up, perhaps some leftist candidates winning an election and slowly washing the face to the communists, the real bad guys I mean. But definitely the most alarming warning sign was the food rationing. This was the cherry on the pie. They took over the country. 
people included, in a country where the food production was once at industry level, now is importing packaged food box by box for the leftist elite. If there is something left, then it goes to the inferior members. Real vulnerable people got nothing, and that is why they are dying. They started with the education system. Trying to sell to all the populist sociopaths like Stalin and Lenin as heroes of their country. Making attempts to the Marxist ideology looks like the Holy Grail. They had permeated the national universities all over the country. By the way, fight against the imperialism was their motto, whatever that was. Many of the fanatics, when asked, they hesitate and mention the Anglo-Saxon Empire, the USA, etc., never define their borders, never could identify that enemy. That is not surprising, given the general level of education in the barrios where most of the people used to live. Private schooling was very different. One of our most reputed schools is called Emil Friedman. Under this general scenario, and with that dangerous little island, an expert in exporting revolution and crime, remember Mariel, those fellow preppers in Miami certainly should, all this was predicted by some people. The bad news were that those people had not a solid enough platform because they were politicians with very questionable honesty. The exceptions were not part of the mainstream media, which found in Uncle Hugo a great asset for selling their news. But enough with politics, I'm about to puke. What it was like to realize everything had changed. Imagine you are a Venezuelan, you don't have a profitable job any longer, and you still have a family to support. There is no engine oil, and God forbids one of your tires should blow up. A belt for the engine costs several times your weekly salary. The parts factories have been overtaken by a mixed mafia, military, LEOs, dishonest civilians that won't sell at the regulated prices. This happened in Russia. I remember reading about it in Reader's Digest. Hyperinflation begins. You don't have a place to go because the situation and daily living did not allow you to build a compound in a safe place that was large enough for being sustainable. The situation gets worse every day. Prices in electronic paying via bank transfer are much higher than in cash, but it is impossible to get cash. People are calling to their day jobs to quit because they can't get there. And anyway, salaries are not enough to make a decent living, not even to be able to eat a couple of days. You are a professional with a wage or run a business that is quickly falling apart. You see on your way home families tearing up the garbage bags in the streets looking for something barely edible. Every day your kid arrives home with the news about some other school partner had to leave the country with his family. The medical attention is almost impossible to get with a salary. Doctors, nurses, dentists, and other healthcare professionals have left. What do you do? You have to think outside the box to survive. If you keep thinking inside the box and hoping for things to improve, good luck. Chances are that it's not going to happen that way. On the contrary, leaving out early will give you an edge over the rest of the people. If you are a prepper, there comes a point after your preps have been consumed and there is no way to keep living. In order to survive, we have to make choices, informed, calculated, firm, but somehow flexible decisions. This is not going to be easy. You're not, most likely, going to end gathered together around a bonfire singing Kumbaya and roasting hot dogs and marshmallows while the entire country falls apart in the cities. After the last hot dog has been eaten and there is no way to replenish supplies, that is when the bad weather starts. 
without enough resources and proper mindset, like being ready to eat fish every day, for instance, if you have a river close enough, it's going to be three times that hard. The Venezuelans lost the ability to hunt other things that stray animals in the cities or pigeons as our wildlife was predated so heavily for years of government negligence, 60 years as a minimum, that it is impossible to think in putting meat on the table with a rifle, except for some very skilled persons in very secluded areas. And oh, by the way, did I mention that the rifles for hunting and the handguns were seized to those stupid enough to take them to the military for licensing in 2012? They never got their guns back. They would have been useless anyway because there was no longer any ammo available. Here is the most important part. You must try living with less. Get rid of everything you could not take with you in one or two big three-ton trucks or a couple of RVs perhaps. I'm not telling you to sell everything that you have accumulated, but how are you going to take it if you have to move? Our species survived by its nomadic culture. That is something that comforts me the most these days. Cultivate personal relationships with valuable, genuine, honest, and straight people. There are things I wish I would have done differently. I am in a dilemma as I invested lots of hard-earned money trying to diversify my income before the plan of the communists sped up, and all of my equipment is now there. Benchtop drills, Dremel tools for finishing, electric sanders, and all kinds of tools, including my CNC. With just half of that stuff, I could have already started a small business here. If I had followed through with my plans of having a small, reliable, and dirty cheap maintenance car for daily driving and a diesel truck, we could have loaded the truck and migrated by land, perhaps with both cars and even my Berta, my beloved bike with her wonderful roaring 74 cubic inches, inch, inches engine. Changing the papers of the truck for personal use would have been easy and then it would have been more practical than a car. We could have retrofitted the truck, making it livable for the road. With my equipment, just renting an empty lot with water, sewer, and power access, we could have been set up for a fresh start very different to those who are in the very same moment shaking, freezing their backsides off in the streets of the big cities in South, South of America, selling cakes, chocolate, and churros in the middle of the worst winter in years. We could have been together no matter what, and I would have been able to spend those eight months seeing my kiddos growing like a weed. This is what I have on my mind indeed. From now forward, I will trim my life and build with my own hands whatever I could need. No matter if the results are a little bit out of the standards, I still have some tables made by my grandpa's hands and even a small toy boat he managed to put together for me, now part of the family museum. They will be passed on to my kids. If the world survives long enough and they can have their own families, of course. Some additional thoughts. I've been saying that, albeit not being someone excessive religious, or growing up in a Catholic country, indeed allowed me to be free enough to choose the eclectic mixture I practice now. I pray to the Creator and ask for help and protection for my, fa- for my people. I like to light some incense for my ancestors. I like my place smelling nice, too. I see the sky and try to connect with the universal energy wherever it can be. My spirit these days has been shaken by the news about young people from Venezuela committing suicide in their sorrow and desperation about the future. Please remember those young desperate souls in our prayers and help them to find the path to their final destination. Thanks and God bless to all. All right, guys. I know some people in the comments were saying, you know, they they wished it would have been more of like things he would have done differently. But I think when you, you really pay attention to what he's saying, 
He's saying nothing that he could have done as far as gear would have uh, permitted him or, or would have, uh, you know, would have lasted because eventually gear and food storage and all those types of things, they do run out. The big thing here is being able to see what is going on. You know, sometimes you hear like uh, people who have migrated from Russia and they're here and they start looking at our political scenes and, and they say, hey, you know what? What what we see in your news and what we see people saying, the young people saying and the, the socialism and that kind of stuff is exactly what we saw. You know, that's what we got away from over in Russia and then the communism and, and, and all that type of stuff. You know, people look at what we have here in America and they just can't even uh, imagine it. Now, today at church, we had a, a pastor from Croatia that we, we support and uh, he picked up a, a young man from his congregation that is attending a, uh, a Bible school in college or in Dallas, I'm sorry. And uh, he picked him up while he's here just to kind of show him the United States a little bit, or at least really to show him Texas. And so I uh, traveled from Dallas to Houston and was able to, uh, you know, we we had church and we ate. And, and, you know, he's just, this kid has never been outside of Croatia and just seeing, uh, and Croatia is a beautiful country. I mean, we saw a video of uh, of that country and, and and what it's like and everybody would love to go over there and just check it out and he, he talked about uh, the national parks i mean they really put a lot into the national parks but one of the things that he says is that you know they are struggling the economy is not very good and he talked about the taxes that there's a 25 percent tax and and uh, you know all how fuel is very expensive and all those different kinds of things right so anyway this kid he he was he was uh, remarking about this young this young man going to college or Bible school, and he's like, he's just looking at everything, you know, and uh, we took him to go eat barbecue, and he ate this big plate, and he loved it, you know, and, uh, you know, they were going down to Galveston, and I'm like, look, you know, he's seeing the sights, Galveston, you know, the water there doesn't even compare to what they have in Croatia, when you look at the, the coast and, and the water that's there, you know, it's, it's beautiful, and it's blue, and clear, and all that kind of stuff, but we are very, very blessed where we are right now. But that doesn't mean that things can't change. And so when it comes to just having gear and stocking up food and all those types of things, that's, you know, we always talk about that. And that is important. Don't get me wrong. But having knowledge and having skills and being able to see ahead of time of what's going on and not just coming home every day and sitting down in front of the boob tube and watching the latest television show and getting you know totally engulfed in that and not paying attention to our world and what's going on. I think one of the things is like, man, he wish he would have had options. You know, if he would have made some better decisions as far as taking some of his equipment, he'd be in a better place right now wherever he's at and whatever he's doing. Things would be different and having options is very, very important. And so what can you do right now? I mean, I'm not, again, you need to have gear. Gear is important. Gear makes life easier. There, There's gear that we should have, right? Uh, uh, stocking up on food and water and all that stuff is important. Paying down your bills, all that stuff is important. But what kind of options are you building into your life right now? What kind of options do you have when it when it boils down to it? And I think a lot of people is like, man, they they either can't see the options that they have available to them because they're so 
uh, you know, focus on this. It's actually like a normalcy bias. It's like, this is the way life is supposed to be. I can't think and see, uh, or this is the way that it was supposed to be. I can't see anything else uh, the way that it should be, right? So, you know, what can you, what, what options do you have that you are able to see into your, you know, into your situation? You know, what are you able to, 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 to have there? And, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not trying to give you any specific things. I'm just like, what kind of options do you have? Um, are you, are you stuck in like, Hey, I'm stuck right here in this situation and that is it. And I can't see anything else out there. And that's where you are. You start to, uh, expand your thinking. You start to expand, uh, like you said here in this article, thinking outside of the box. Um, what kinds of things would you want to add? What kinds of things can you see? Maybe talking about it with other people. Maybe talking about it in forums or even in Facebook groups and things like that. You know, we get so pigeonholed sometimes. So, what would you do differently? How can you? Uh, what would you do right now in in your preparedness? What would be some options that you could take? Um, that would significantly give you a lot of, uh, what are some things that you can do right now, right? Some moves that you can make right now that would give you so many more options later on down the road. And so uh, a lot to think about there, a lot to take in and, uh, you know, kind of heavy for Monday, but uh, we have a long week. And so hopefully you can put some of these things into into your thoughts and uh, see where you would go with that. So that's over at theorganicprepper.com. And like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. This next article comes to us from readynutrition.com and it's three medicinal herbs that you can grow indoors. I think articles like these are very important and I think having these um, you know these uh, medicinal herbs and a lot of the times it's just like things that that uh, you might already have and you don't even realize it and reasons why you would want to grow things and different things like that and so I'm always for these types of articles where you can gain some knowledge and even you might want to, uh, you know, print off some of these, right? Or make notes on some of these. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Three medicinal herbs you can grow indoors. The advances in modern medicine are obviously wonderful and have added years to the average American's lifespan. But what will you do when medical care isn't so readily available, such as in a survival scenario or for a mild ailment? Hopefully, this list of three medicinal herbs that everyone can easily grow in their own home will help you decide if herbal medicine could be of some aid. Herbal medicine has been around for much longer than Western medicine, and with interventions like chemotherapy being only 2% effective at the five-year mark, many are already looking to use Mother Nature instead of or in addition to radiation treatments to help cure ailments. That isn't to say you should not undergo chemotherapy. It means only that many are looking out for their health by using nature and diet to affect the appropriate changes in their bodies. The use of traditional remedies increases when conventional medicine is ineffective in the treatment of diseases, such as in advanced cancer and in the face of new infectious diseases. Furthermore, traditional medicines are widely perceived as natural and safe and non-toxic. Although that isn't necessarily true, especially when combining herbs with chemically made medicines, each person should still decide for themselves if they would like to begin growing medicinal herbs. If you decide that's right for you, here are three herbs that anyone can grow in the comfort of their own home. The first one is aloe vera. Aloe vera plants have many benefits and not just for the skin, 
most people know of using aloe vera gel to soothe the sunburn. When you snap open an aloe vera leaf, you'll immediately notice the clear gel inside. That gel is packed full of nutrients that are great for common skin ailments such as cold sores, minor cuts, and rashes. Aloe gel will help soothe the pain and itching and speed up healing. Because of its skin soothing properties, aloe is also an excellent addition to homemade beauty products like soaps and lotions. Aloe gel can help heal tissue in the digestive system too. The one caveat here is that you need to be careful ingesting too much of the aloe latex, the yellowish sap that seeps from the leaf when cut. It tastes bitter and can act as a strong laxative for some people. Aloe is also readily available. Check out any store near your home that sells plants and it's likely they'll stock aloe. If you prefer to grow it yourself, consider first that aloe is a succulent, a desert plant and prefers a loose, dry soil and they thrive without regular fertilizer. These plants also like sunshine and warmth. Consider growing aloe in a sunroom or on a windowsill in a warm space. Aloe plants are rather difficult to kill. However, if you manage to kill an aloe vera plant, it's probably because you overwatered it. Aloe plants don't like being wet, so you want to make sure your pot has plenty of drainage holes and your soil is amended with lots of perlite or sand. You can also buy special potting soil designed for succulents. Allow the soil to go completely dry before watering. The second one is lemon balm. Lemon balm is an herb that smells and tastes fantastic in a tea. It can help with mild depression and acts as a very calming sedative. Lemon balm is a great antiviral with amazing relaxing properties that are helpful for soothing frayed nerves and calming hyper children. Traditionally, it's been used to gently treat colic and upset stomach than everyone from infants to elders. A leaf can be chewed to freshen the breath or crushed and placed on a bug bite to help ease the itch. Leaves can also be dried and made into a tea. Lemon balm is also a natural mosquito repellent. Rub a few leaves on your clothes or skin and those blood-sucking critters will stay away. Lemon balm is hardy and one plant can easily take over your garden. That's why you could consider growing it in a pot inside. It would be easier to simply buy a plant at a store or you could grow your own. Lemon balm likes good quality soil, lots of sunshine, and regular watering. It will thrive inside next to a sunny window, but it doesn't mind a little bit of shade either. The third one is spearmint. Spearmint is very closely related to peppermint in terms of medicinal properties, but the reason it was chosen over peppermint is that many feel the flavor is preferable. Spearmint is a less minty and almost sweeter flavor that's a bit milder due to a lower concentration of menthol. It makes teas that taste amazing while offering plenty of health benefits. Medicinal uses of both peppermint and spearmint include aid in digestion and a reduction in flatulence. Spearmint is used for the relief of nausea, cold symptoms, stomach distress, headaches, and indigestion. Spearmint teas are flavorful and could help relieve the symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome or diarrhea. Spearmint is readily available in nature but can be purchased at some stores which sell herbal plants but you could grow it yourself too. Spearmint is a hardy perennial that grows best in partial shade with well-draining rich moist soil and a pH of 6.5 to 7. Mint is easiest to grow from plants but you can sow seeds once the ground has warmed in the spring. Keep seeds moist until they germinate and then thin the plants to one foot apart. 
Since spearmint can quickly take over, many gardeners grow spearmint in hanging baskets or containers to avoid having to pull out runners constantly. There are obviously many more medicinal herbal plants that can be added to your home or garden space. If there's a certain plant you've been eyeing, consider looking into its healing properties and how to grow it at home. You won't regret your decision, even if you never use the plant as medicine. You'll have a beautiful and sometimes fragrant addition to your garden or home. And then there's a little asterisk here. Always consult with your healthcare professional if something seems serious. This article is meant for informational purposes only and not intended to diagnose or cure. All right, guys, that's over at readynutrition.com. You know, one of the things um, that you might consider is just keeping somewhere in a journal, uh, you know, things like uh, that you find out about some of these medicinal uh, plants. And, uh, you know, just go get a good journal and you can, you know, keep a page for everyone and then you can just kind of write it down like, hey, this is how to use it. And, uh, you know, you can even write down if it worked for you, right? Hey, this this thing worked for me uh, or this thing didn't work for me, but it worked for so-and-so. Imagine what a journal like that would do for not only you or maybe your your descendants down the way that they had this information that you prepared for them and they were able to look at this and, and how awesome it was that uh, they had this this thing, even with pictures. I mean, you could take pictures and paste them down and, and all those types of things. I mean, that would be great to do. And you had this one book that, you know, that maybe it's for your area, this one journal of information that you created of medicinal herbs and uh, that were just for your area that uh, you knew that these things grew and how, you know, how to use them. Man, that would be just uh, an awesome, awesome resource for you and for your family and for those uh, you know, in the future that you could hand down that, that book too. All right, guys, again, that's over at readynutrition.com. And like always, I'm going to link to all of these articles in the show notes and you can go check that out. All right, guys, well, that is it for episode 368. Thanks for starting your week off with me. If you are listening and you are not subscribed, hey, I'd like you to come on over to the Prepper website, podcast.com. And uh, there we have tons of ways that you can subscribe, like iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, any other podcast network there. And that way you'll never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and don't forget to take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes and also on the website. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.